Two teams, two eras are about to clash. Number one Miami plays number four Notre Dame on CBS. welcomes you to the biggest game so far of the 1988 college football season. Number one Miami and unbeaten Notre Dame. When you come to Notre Dame to play football, you dream of Saturday afternoons like this. Gorgeous weather, the Golden Dome sparkling in the background, sellout crowd at Notre Dame Stadium. And when you play football at Miami, these are the kind of games you can't wait to play. Inside the stadium, it's the toughest ticket in sport this weekend. All morning long, fans have been milling around outside Notre Dame Stadium. Actually, ever since last year when Miami beat Notre Dame 24 to nothing down in the Orange Bowl, here in South Bend and throughout the Midwest, Notre Dame fans have been waiting for this rematch. Hello and welcome to episode number three of the Let's Remember Some Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Moncari and Prince Albert Saskatchewan. Joining me across the table in the Prince Albert Daily Herald interview slash boardroom, it is co-worker, friend of the Basket Hockey Podcast, and former Melford Mustangs beat writer, Michael Lexon. Michael, how are you on this Friday evening? Lovely. Excellent. So... The game that we're going to do today, well, as per usual for each guest, I have you pick a year. You picked 1988. Once I sent you a list, I kind of had a feeling what it was going to be, and you did not disappoint. Miami Hurricanes versus Notre Dame Fighting Irish. It's Catholics versus Convicts. I know why you picked it, but why did you chose this game? I chose the game because it's probably the, as we discussed yesterday, it's probably the best college football game that I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> It has everything you could want in a college football game. Without And it's Catholics versus Convicts. <laughs> Without giving too much away, we're both going to say you need to watch this game. Yeah. It is seen. Yeah. I'll give you my final thoughts on how it stands up with my favorite college football game after we're done. But anyway, we figure this is going to be a 90-minute odyssey at least, so let's go through this. This is going to be an adventure. All right, so let's set the scene a little bit. Back then, Miami and Notre Dame actually played on a somewhat regular basis. Recent meetings... Notre Dame won at home 16-14 in 1982. Miami for a 20-0 win in Miami in 1983. Later, first national championship. Miami also won again in South Bend in 1984, 31-13. Then things start to kick off in 1985. Miami destroys Notre Dame 58-7. There goes Jerry Faust out the door. The two teams play again in 1987 in Miami, 24-0. And that kind of sets the scene, as you'll hear Brett Musburger talk about a little bit later on. There's accusations, especially in the 58-7 game that Miami ran up the score. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. So here's where each team stood at this time. Miami is number one in the country, 4-0, and defending national champions, coming off a win over Oklahoma in the Orange Bowl, I think it was, in 1988. Stop my head. 16 straight wins. They started year ranked six in the country, moved up to number one, with a 31-0 win at home, a shutout performance over number one Florida State. They had a huge rally to beat Michigan in their second game, 31-30, in Ann Arbor. They were down 30-14 to to five and a half minutes to go. Followed that up with 23-3 and 55 nothing wins over Wisconsin and Missouri before a bye week. Jimmy Johnson, head coach in his fifth season at Miami, 8-5 in 1984, taking over for Roll Howard Schellenberger. Schnellenberger. Thank you for your service. Uh, who was the head coach for a national championship winning team. They went 10-2 in 1985, had a chance national title before losing in the Sugar Bowl to Tennessee. Were 11-1 in 86, again a chance in national title before losing the Fiesta Bowl to Penn State. And then, of course, 12-0 in 1987. Notre Dame entered this game ranked 4th in the country, 5 in Notre Dame. Started year ranked 13th, 19-17 win over Michigan, moved up to number 8. They then won 20-3 on the road over Michigan State, 52-7 over Purdue, only. <laughs> that moves them up to 5th. There's a lot of onlys going to happen. There's a, <laughs> moved up to 5th in the country. They then beat Stanford 42-14, a 30-20 win at Pittsburgh, and moved them up to number 4 in the country. This is Lou Holtz's third season as head coach. He replaced the aforementioned Jerry Faust with 5-6 in 1986. Exact same record that Faust had in his last season. Yeah. Then he went 8-4 in 1987. They did lose their last three games of the season, though. At Penn State, at Miami, and then the Cotton Bowl at Texas A&M. So, the top 20 going into this game. Fun fact, Alexan. The top 25 comes into effect in 1989. Ah. So, it's only a top 20 at this point. It's time for Let's Remember Some programs Because we talked about this a little bit. This was right around when you started to get into a lot yeah. of college football stuff, correct? That is... A, I'd say about then I started to really like 
get obsessively watch college football. And it had a lot to do with the Hurricanes because I didn't like them. And then <laughs> it's it's a whole story because I didn't like Notre Dame either at the time. But now I just like Miami and still hate Notre Dame. So <laughs> you, you just like chaos and corruption. <laughs> I just like chaos and corruption. So the top 20 going into this game, Miami obviously number one in the country, 52 first place votes. Number two, UCLA with one vote and for first. My boys, USC Trojans, ranked third in the country with three first place votes. Yes. Then Notre Dame at four, Florida State five, West Virginia six, Nebraska seven, South Carolina eight, Oklahoma nine, Oklahoma State ten. A few of those teams you'll hear mentioned yes. throughout this, and then we're going to deep dive all the scores after. Because we try to do the scoreboard update that comes up in this game. No. <laughs> seven hours. No. no. We'll be here tomorrow. 11 through 20, Clemson, Auburn's in 12, Georgia 13, Wyoming is 14. Yes. I don't understand. <laughs> 15th is Michigan, 16th Washington, 17th Arkansas, 18th Indiana, 19th LSU, and 20th Florida. Out are Alabama and Oregon. I didn't realize Oregon was ranked in 88. I thought they were kind of... Or is that more... I guess, well, Brooks came in a little bit after, I guess. But anyway, Bama were 12 and Oregon were 18. So there's your top 20. I mean, Wyoming destroyed me once I saw that, but... Even ranked South Carolina was kind of weird for 88. Well, they were decent, but I didn't think they'd be like a... I thought Top maybe, 10. Yeah. They were, they were number 8. Well, they, weird. spoilers, they won't be number 8 after yes. this week. <laughs> anyway, the game itself, we're now getting to the preamble for the actual three-game telecast. We're in South Bend. Your announcers, Brent Musburger. Oh, Thank baby. <laughs> Musburger is on fire in this game. Uh, Pat Hayden, or as Alexan likes to call him. Future USC athletic director Pat Hayden. And John Dockery is our sideline reporter, who I wasn't quite as familiar with as Hayden and Musburger. I remember Doc. Because later on, they'd just start to call him Doc. Doc, what do you have to say from the sidelines? Musburger says, you don't have to build this up very much, do you? In the understatement of the day. And then there's a fight. used to build it up. (laughs) There's a fight. You also know that there have been hostilities between these two schools. Bad feelings. Uh, they feel Miami ran up the score. And, of course, Miami reacting angrily the way Jimmy Johnson's telephone number was published. Short time ago, the coaches meeting at midfield, shaking hands. We thought the hostilities had died. But then, as the Hurricanes were leaving the field, an ugly few moments down there on the end zone. Pushing and shoving broke out. There was some kicking. Police had to step in, and finally the Hurricanes were escorted back inside the locker room. So I guess we can truthfully say, as we get ready for this game, these two teams still don't like each other. A YouTube comment uh, on this whole game, which kind of fits with the fight. I shudder to think what this rivalry would be like with social media today. The NCAA would probably call out the National Guard. Yeah. It's true. (laughs) Business is already picking up. Uh, We then cut to the... Pre-game, or the uh, pre-game show in the studio update. Hello, friends. It's Jim Nance. Now, I'll catch on a little bit of the scoreboard stuff here. Number eight, South Carolina, is getting destroyed 31-0 by Georgia Tech. Coached by Bobby Ross. Well done. A couple other scores here again. We'll mention them in passing, as I kind of mentioned again. We'll go over all the stuff after. Number 14, Wyoming, is tied at seven New Mexico in the first. That won't last. Yeah. Vanderbilt is up 7-6 on number 20 Florida, who just missed the P18 to third. Emmett Smith's out with a knee injury. They mentioned that. was that. a nice little mention, too. I think this is on the <laughs> wire, too. Florida hadn't won at Vanderbilt since, like, the 60s. Yeah. It was a definitely different time. Um, I guess we'll, we'll talk about this now before we get more into the game here. You kind of talked about this. The abundance of coaching tree or coaches Coach guys in, in this general. game on both sides. You have a whole list there, I know, before we talk yes. about this beforehand. I know where you want to start. Uh, where do you start with Pat Hayden? <laughs> well, we start with, well, there's, an, there's two athletic directors, right? Because Barry Alvarez is the future athletic director of Wisconsin after being their head coach forever. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Wisconsin making an appearance in this game as well. Yes, because, you have, well, for your CFL content, you have future, <coughs> future riders, quarterbacks coach, Steve Walsh, who's now... My Red Blacks. Your Red Blacks. Future Miami, future Miami head coach Randy Shannon, who gets a shout out for being a possible NFL player. Yes, we're going to get that in a bit. <laughs> this previews. <laughs> future Notre Dame D backs or I I think he's defensive backs coach Todd Light. Pre- future Robert Morris head coach Bernard Clark is your middle linebacker. 
always going to get Robert Morris mentioned on the podcast. I am, I am here to provide. <laughs> Future Titans off, off, assistant offensive line coach Mike Sullivan on the offensive line for Miami. Mm-hmm. And future Browns head coach for one year, Rob Chudzinski. Who amongst us isn't a Browns head coach? You yes. know. But yeah, quite a lot of guys and people that probably would recognize this and go along in this game. Also, though, the baseball teams played on Friday. Harry Carey's there to throw out the yes. first pitch for some reason. I don't know if Harry knew where he was. Obligatory Harry's I drinking think he, comment. I think he was there. I think he didn't. And bases loaded walk results in a 9-8 win for the Irish. Now, the broadcast of... Is that a preview? It's a one-point win. Mm, maybe. There isn't a cap. Well, we'll find out. I won't yes. give too much away. Spoil- spoilers for 1988. Yes. <laughs> um, up note, the feed that we're watching is the one that's labeled Catholics versus Convicts on YouTube, and it's three hours. It's the better version. Um, commercials appear. Bill Cosby for Kodak. <laughs> then a Cosby Show commercial later. Cosby Show on the channel. Um, Musburger says again that this is the biggest game at Notre Dame Stadium since 1974. Dan Devine in the green jersey game against USC in 77. Disagree entirely. Yes. The Miami captains are coming out with Sebastian the Ibis surrounded by police officers. It, it, that, is, that doesn't sum up this game. I don't know what does. I forgot about the security forces. Um. <laughs> Gotta be careful. That Ibis is going to attack the fans. Anyway, we do get some pregame thoughts now before things get rolling from Miami head coach Jimmy Johnson. You are disliked so much simply for the reason that you have played good. Uh, if you hadn't been successful against Notre Dame in the past, then you know, they really wouldn't care. You know, they really wouldn't be excited about this game. But uh, you should take pride in the success that you had. And, and uh, every time they boo you, you ought to be able to stick out your chest and uh, hold your head up high because you did good and you're going to do good in the future. Another fun fact to talk about during this intro Miami hasn't lost a regular season game since 1985 against Florida. Uh, since losing to Penn State, National Championship won 16 straight games. And Steve Walsh, undefeated as a starter at Miami. Yeah. They said he was 16-0 and then he was 18-0, so I don't know what to believe. I am something, you know. Either way, he's undefeated. Anyway, Notre Dame wins the toss. We finally get away to this game. They defer to the second half. Miami starts a first drive on their own 17. My first note here is Mike Stonebreaker. What a name. Yes. But he's also pretty good in the game, too. Mm-hmm. Walsh is just throwing over to Mill to start off. Connects with Andre Brown for a diving catch on a third and seven. Two plays later, though, this happens. Now Bolkar comes in at linebacker. And they move Pritchett over to the left side on the inside. Second and seven. Walsh under pressure. Ball is knocked free. And the Irish pounce on it. And Steve Walsh thinks he was throwing the ball. He thought his arm was moving forward. The key, what we said at the top of the show, can Notre Dame put some pressure on Steve Walsh? Nobody's done it. Frank Sams on the left of the screen is the one who's going to put the pressure from the outside. He is the outside linebacker. He is getting held, but runs through the hole, and that's a good call. That ball was not going forward because Sams actually hit it before the ball was coming forward. Walsh is stripped as he's trying to throw the ball. It's ruled a fumble. Frank Stams comes in on the edge to knock the ball out of his hands, recovered by Chris Zorich. And that was probably the first, and this is a trend you'll see throughout this game, is those guys stepping up yeah. when he plays on defense. Him, Stams, Stan Smagala. <laughs> Terrell Light. Terrell Light, Stan Smagala. It's all over the place. His name comes, it's like, man, uh, hey, I remember that guy. <laughs> Notre Dame's first drive is at the Miami 41. Tony Rice is almost picked off on the second play by Randy Shannon. He finds Derek Brown third and nine, over the middle, the ball hits the ground. Punt into the end zone. Miami's second drive gets underway with 12.04 left in the first. Walsh finds Dale Dawkins on near sideline for a first down. There's a third and 10. Walsh is blitzed big time, but he finds Cleveland Gary in the flash for a first down. Walsh is hit as he's thrown by Stams a couple plays later, but no fumble this time around. Yeah. Notre Dame drive begins with 9.34 left in the first or 25. But before that, we get a couple of things. Mike Wallace shows up for an ad for 60 <laughs> minutes. Which is airing, I think, on the Monday for a 20th anniversary. Yeah. And my goodness, the guest lineup. Imelda Marcos. Catherine Hepburn. Catherine Hepburn. Nancy Reagan, I think. Oh, and there's Nancy Reagan. And the Ayatollah. <laughs> what a strange lineup. I forget. Gotta hear all sides. I forget which order that they were listed in, but it was like... Catherine. I think Ayatollah was first. The Ayatollah. Catherine Hepburn. 
Nancy Reagan. Nancy Reagan. Imelda Marcos. <laughs> All this and more on, on Monday. And Andy Rooney. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we also get one of the rare updates you get of an actual in-game footage from another game. Nebraska is destroying Oklahoma State. Hey, Alexa, the triple option offense is working for yes. Nebraska. What a concept. And what is it? It was only 42 nothing at that point. Yeah, it was bad. We'll get to what that final score was in a little bit. Uh, Brett Musburger with our first folks of the afternoon. There's more. Folks, Randy Shannon might be the most underrated linebacker in the country. Keep an eye out for Rod Carter. He's going to be in the NFL someday. No. He was a 10th round pick by Dallas in 1989, then cut. He did try out for the World American Football League, or whatever it was called, the pre-NFL Europe League. So that's what happened there. Anyways, drive goes on. On third and seven play, Rice finds Rocket Ismail on the far sideline, to which Hayden replies, he's got legit 4-2 speed. <laughs> Thanks, Tips. Yeah. Rocket Ismail. I Ismail. forgot about that. Really good. Um, and then the rest of the drive, they're basically running the wishbone offense, which you love to see, and they were just killing them. Banks, Brooks, Rice on bootlegs. It's just... And that, and that's, that starts the theme, too, at that point. Where it suddenly starts to become when Notre Dame's got the ball, you're seeing a lot of you're seeing a lot of those guys. Mm-hmm. So we're moving down the field, and that sets up this play on third and four. Now the ball is at the seven yard line. This is a third down. The Irish have to get inside the three for a first down. So it is third and four against this defense. Rice keeping it. He'll go for the touchdown. Keeper for a seven-yard touchdown run. It is seven nothing for Notre Dame after the PAT with three thirty-six left in the first quarter. Twelve plays, seventy-five yards, five fifty-eight in game time. Not a bad little drive there. No. So drive number three begins for Miami. Starting off pretty good. Walsh is finding some guys down the field after starting at the nine-yard line. Actually, we're going to start in better field position, but Randall Hill's return was called back on clipping. So we're third down and five with one forty-eight left on the clock. Steve Walsh is as good a third-down college quarterback as we have ever seen. And to come back against Florida State, all three of his touchdown passes were on third down. Here's a third and five. They show slot to the right side. Intercepted. Notre Dame intercepts it, and they'll have a first down at the 35-yard line with DeJuan Francisco, the nickel man, picking it off. Oh, Musburg with a tremendous jinx right there about Walsh's third down play. Walsh throws it right to Notre Dame's Dewan Francisco, who returns to the 35-yard line. However, on the next play... Now the pressure solidly on the Miami defense. Maryland gets across and almost beat the snap to disrupt it. The ball is loose. Miami's got it. So on the next play, Notre Dame fumbles it away after Russell Maryland causes chaos in the backfield. for defense. There's a flag for defensive holding. 133 left. Miami gets the ball back at a 32. Turnover's already two for Miami, one for Notre Dame. Quarter and seven, nothing. Notre Dame, or Miami is driving down in Notre Dame territory at this point in time. It's just, again, pass plays. Walsh finds Andre Brown for 20 yard gain. Pass yards at this point early in the second quarter. Miami 114, Notre Dame 22. Yes, but again, wishbone against the pro style, right? The play clock expires on Walsh. He called a timeout with 12.47 to go. The first for the Canes, and then a little later, there's this. Chudzinski, the tight end. And Walsh, again, barking signals down at the student body section. He will throw here. He's got his man, Andre Brown, and he is short of the goal line. No, they rule he's in. Touchdown, Miami. And that's a heads-up play by Andre Brown. All he has to do is get the ball across the plane of the goal line. And that's just what he did. Great effort by Andre Brown, who grew up in the Chicago area, to reach in and score the touchdown for the Canes. Walsh hooks up with Brown for an eight-yard touchdown pass. He just sneaks in at the goal line before going out of bounds. Six plays, 68 yards, not a nice drive. Three, three minutes, 53 seconds. PAT's good. 7-7 tie with 12.40 left. 
Notre Dame's next drive starts at the 20-yard line. Musburger calls this the busiest Sunday ever in the NFL. Yes. Which seems a bit hyperbolic. It's Brent's. <laughs> Folks, this is the biggest Sunday in the NFL. You are looking, no, you are looking live in this game. No. Not even in the intro. And that biggest NFL Sunday featured the Rams against the Bears. <laughs> okay. Maybe he thought Dieter Brock was still playing. I don't know. Let's remember some Rams. Pat Hayden. Hey! <laughs> Two plays in. There's a holding on offense. Uh, Rice overthrows Rocket on second down. Then the third down play. Bubba McDowell tries for the pick. Big mistake. Rocket catches the ball and goes 57 yes. yards. <laughs> Pro tip. Do not allow Rocket to have open space. At this point, uh, again, start with the run play. The driver starts to stall out. Notre Dame goes for it on a fourth and short. Banks gets it on a burst, and then on third and five, this happens. Slot to the left, and Rice to throw going in. Drops it off for a touchdown. Pullback, Braxton Banks. Notre Dame leads again. Rice finds a wide open Banks in the flats for a nine-yard score. Point after attempt, good. 14-7 with 7.34 left. Again, Notre Dame killing... Time, 5.06 for 11 plays and 80 yards. Has the crowd been warned twice or else there will be a 15-yard? I think they've already been warned at this point. Yes, I'm like, I'm sure that Because I have the crowd warned after the first Notre Dame touchdown. I think they are again either here or what's about to happen. Yeah, there's so, there's another one coming. I'm like, we're missing some, we're missing a minor little detail in there. Yes, but it start, business begins to pick up here. Miami starts an extra drive on their own 25. Walsh finds Shudzinski for an 18-yard. Cleveland Gary then across midfield. And then this happens. And here Notre Dame leading Miami, but early. Here comes the blitz. They pick it up. Walsh's pass is deflected and intercepted. Carroll will go the distance. Pass is tipped by Stamps. Pat Terrell gets it and is just gone. 60-yard INT return. It's 21-7 Notre Dame with 5.42 left in the clock. And as you said, at this point, so people, control yourselves. It is getting to be scenes in Notre Dame. And Miami's looking in. I mean, it's a lot of it's just turnovers, though, too, for Miami at this point. And, it, and it's not like it was bad decision turnovers, either. It was like the Notre Dame guys made plays, too. Miami's next drive, Randall Hill almost fumbles the ball away, but is ruled down uh, at the 38 on the kickoff return. Brett informs us that our next game next Saturday is Penn State and Alabama. Let's remember some games. That's a, that's a rematch of like a Sugar Bowl. From I think that gets referenced at some point yeah. in this game. At least some Sugar Bowl does. Anyway, once again, Walsh is using his passing attack. He gets Cleveland Gary to get to midfield, gets to Brown to get to the 30-yard line. Uh, Walsh has Gary open for a touchdown, but he's overthrows him. At this point, Sam's is shaking up. He got a finger in the eye, but he's not concussed. Fourth and twenty, fourth and four, the twenty-four yard line. Notre Dame takes a timeout. They're first for them. Hayden is surprised that Miami isn't going for the field goal here. Musburger is not, and Brent proves to be correct. First down. A terrific call by Jimmy Johnson. It's incredible. Walsh finds Leonard Connolly, who avoids the tackle by Pat Light for the touchdown. 23-yard pass, really nice play. 21-14 of 2.16 left on the clock. Drive 61 yards in eight plays in 3.17. This Pat, was... Pat Light? <laughs> was it Pat Terrell or Todd Light? Sorry, Todd Light. Thank you. I, I was, was confused. <laughs> Yes, I was like, let's remember some... Pat Light is somebody else entirely. Yes. Give me a second. You, co- <laughs> you combined a couple of guys. I'm like... I remember. Pat Light is a pitcher in the MLB. Okay, the, good. So it's someone who actually exists. Anyways. Uh, yes, yeah, so it gets by Todd Light. At least 23-yard pass. And at this point, Miami's pass offense is really starting to click into high gear. Notre Dame's next drive takes place. Uh, starting on their own 20... Not much happens. It ends up being a uh, 
pretty much just drive stalls yeah. out immediately trying to running plays. And just before the punt attempt, we get an interesting set of ads. Let's go get some messages from the universities. The president of Coca-Cola shells in Notre Dame. Miami's video is just a training montage, which includes with Jimmy Johnson going, let's go like a bunch of crazy men and play some games. Yes. Words to live by. Stams comes back for Miami's next drive, which is at the 45. Walsh almost throws a pick to light on his first pass attempt. Yes. Then he finds Hill on the second play. It's a third and two. Walsh is almost picked again when Jeff Alm bats it away. Jeff Ch- Alm's really strong in this game, too. Mm-hmm. Chudzinski gets hit. It's ruled incomplete in the fumble. Chudzinski is dead after the Stonebreaker hit. He might have had those 38 seconds left in the clock. Walsh finds Andre Brown over the middle to get to the 15. The clock goes down to 31 seconds. So Andre Brown off the bench with the play. He's the receiver that time for 22 yards. Now 31 seconds with which to work. And they can take a shot at a touchdown. Walsh pulls it out. As protection, there it is. Cleveland Gary for the touchdown. Miami does it again. Just what they do best of all. What a fabulous college football team working against the clock. They just don't need those timeouts, do they? Didn't need him against Michigan. Didn't need him here in this last drive. Walsh connects with Cleveland Gary for that 15-yard touchdown. 21-21 of 21 seconds left on the clock. Too many 21s. And that drive, 54 yards in 7 plays in 48 seconds. That's not bad. Musburger says, Cleveland Gary was hoping to become the next Herschel Walker, Herschel Walker at Georgia. He transferred, and now he's emerging as the first Cleveland Gary. I did not know that he had transferred from Georgia. I really didn't. Next drive for Notre Dame. The ball actually ends up out of bounds, which results in a five-yard penalty at this point in time. Kick again is yeah. shorter as a result. Pat Hayden says, Lou Holtz has to be happy this is a tied ball game. He was up 21-7 three minutes ago. I don't know if he's happy if it's tied. Yeah. Uh, a wild Kent Graham appears. Let's remember some future Ohio State quarterbacks. That, I forgot he transferred from Notre Dame. <laughs> let's, let's, well, well, for Phil Heilman, that's also a future New York Giants quarterback. That's true. And reading the Wikipedia entry on Kent Graham. His style of passing wasn't going to be used in a run-heavy offense in Lou Holtz had. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that. Shocking. It's like having Ryan out and turning into a different yes. offense. <coughs> Peter Lozinski triggered by this story. Anyway, first play for Graham. He catches his own deflected pass and runs with the football. Notre Dame takes a second time, two seconds left. Throws to Mark Green. Gain of 21 yards. We've reached halftime. It is 21-21. Yes. <laughs> a, lot, a lot happens in the last minute of that quarter, that half. And it goes from Notre Dame running Miami out of the building to... T- roll Tide. <laughs> roll Tide. Anyway, it's the halftime report now. Um, we get highlights of ECU and FSU of a Ronald Lewis touchdown catch. We have the band playing with Ivy League scores coming yes. up. Then the main event. Vinny Testaverde and Tim Brown show up for a chat with Jim Nance from their uh, respective locations, Kansas City and Indianapolis. They're talking about the game. There's some shit talking yeah. going on. And then we get their Heisman picks. I'm shocked that Vinny Testaverde picked Steve Walsh. Just shocked. <laughs> Who knew? Tim Brown says, all you hear about in L.A. at the moment is Troy Aikman and Rodney Pete. Which is true. Which, to be fair, that's... Well, we looked it up. Where did Rodney Pete finish? We'll get to that a little bit later. <laughs> yes. So how did those guys do their NFL games the next day? Well, Browns Raiders won on the road, 27-17 over the Chiefs. Brown rolled to the client, one catch for six yards. He had three kickoff returns for 83 yards and two punt returns for 36 yards. Vinny lost 35-31 on the road to Indianapolis. <coughs> 25-42 for 469 yards. Nice. Two touchdowns. 10-yarder to Bruce Hill and a 16-yarder as well to Bruce Hill. But two interceptions, one of which was returned by Eugene Daniel for a 41-yard interception yes. return. Eugene Daniel. Let's remember some Colts. So three hits separate in the third quarter. First of all, nice sweater vest on Pat Hayden. It yes. is strong. Plaid. Just excellent stuff all around there. Lou Holtz is interviewed uh, right around this time, but we can't hear it at all, so I'll say any work by the CBS production team. Rocket Ismail shows up. He catches the yes. ball at the three-yard line of the kickoff, spins around, there's three guys lining him, he jukes, and just sprints down to the far sideline at the 28th. He should have been left for dead at, like, yes. a five. Anyways, play goes on. Rice fakes the pass on second down to get near first. They're starting to drive down the field. Then this happens. 
Clark is the man in the middle, standing behind his four defensive linemen. Now Rice on a quick roll. Lobs one, bad pass. Diving catch for the interception by McDowell. And that had to be, there was a push by Ismail, number 25, on the defensive back. The referee didn't call anything, but McDowell made the interception. Pat, this is a bad pass. Rice steps over to the left, and he simply throws a lollipop. Nothing on it. He lobbed it, and McDowell with the diving catch. And, Brent, I think it's very hard for an option quarterback to be a good passer because you get hit so much, and it's such a physical position, it's hard to have any touch on the ball. So Rice comes off on an option play, and the ball just goes straight to Bob McDowell for the interception. Miami gets the ball at the 41-yard line. However... Now Walsh and the Hurricanes. They scored 15 minutes in the closing two minutes of the first half. They run on first down, and the Irish defense, nothing going there. Ball pops free. Notre Dame ball. Boy, I'll tell you, Jimmy Johnson should complain about this. I thought that there should have been a whistle that forward progress was stopped. And watch this. It was His forward progress was stopped right there. And it was number 50, Zorich first, and then Jeff Alm, number 90, who made the uh, made the fumble recovery, made him fumble the ball, but his, his uh, momentum was stopped. All right, nevertheless, the breaks change off. Remember that non-fumble call late in the first half. Now Notre Dame gets a break. Miami decides up to fumble the ball in the first play. Notre Dame recovers. They have the ball at the Miami 38. Well, the turnovers are continuing, Alexan. This mm -hmm. is not a good sign for Miami. Yes. So... Drive begins. Rice is carving them up on the option. Musburger starts talking about grass and the summer drought in yes. the Midwest. <laughs> that was outstanding. I don't know what the context was. Like we were a lot of less rain this summer in the Midwest. It was something to do with like the field grip or something, and he just but he went off for like three minutes solid on the drought in the and the drought in the Midwest. Later he goes, folks. What Pat Hayden is saying is we're not going to see any wishbone offense in the NFL. Cowards. That is what they are. So Notre Dame continues to drive along here. Rice ends up completely under fire on a third down and 10. That leads to a field goal attempt with Billy Hackett coming in for Reggie Ho. Billy Hackett was the main kickoff guy, yeah. but Ho was all the uh, field goal attempts. That ends up being blocked by McDowell and Brown. That ends up out of bounds. Miami's starting to drive at the 40-yard line with 10.06 left. Not much happens on the drive. Cleveland Gary is stuffed on a third down attempt, trying to go around the edge. Miami, we think, is going to punt the way. Punt the ball away, I should say. Allegedly. How Allegedly. However, this happens. This is Tim Kalau. He was under extreme pressure, and he did not punt well. This time he has the wind at his back. And they go to the short man on the fake. The fake punt. First down, Notre Dame. Matt Britton could not pick up the first down. Notre Dame ready for the fake. And now the Irish get the ball back. 8-22. And that put the crowd right back in this game. Matt Britton with the fake punt attempt. He stuffed. Turned over to Notre Dame. I was surprised they went for the fake punt yep. there. But Lou Holtz was risk-taken. Well, so is Jimmy Johnson yes. at this point. Everybody's risk-taking. Yeah. Lou's biggest risk-taking is coming, though. Yes. I'm going to have a stroke. That, that, that was a... It's not a spoiler, spoiler. <laughs> anyway, first play of Notre Dame's drive. This happens. Notre Dame with the ball at the Miami 46-yard line. Now Rod Carter, number 91, has started to exert himself as the weak side outside linebacker. Rice to throw on first down. Has time. Waters open. He's got it. Out of bounds at the four-yard line. Rice to Waters. Rice finds Ricky running waters for his first major appearance in this podcast. Down to the two-yard line on the out route. And then the next play, this. First and goal with the full house. Rod West, number 43, checks into the backfield. Touchdown, Notre Dame! Pat Eilers! It's a Yale transfer. Matt Ehlers, yes. two-yard scamper into the end zone. 
28-21 Notre Dame after the PAT, 8.09 left, two plays, 46 yards in 13 seconds, and Miami's giving up their first two rushing touchdowns of the season in this game. Miami drive begins on the 32-yard line upcoming. Musburger says Chris Zorich is playing just like a dick butt kiss. To be fair, Zorich ended up on the Bears, so... Yes, and to be fair, Dick Butkus was a linebacker, and <laughs> Zorich was a nose tackle, but still. I mean, I think they were in around the same high school or something. They were yeah. rambling off of, about that at this point. Anyways, basically the drive is Cleveland, Gary, and Chizinski catching passes from Walsh. At one point during the drive... Um, it's mentioned by Musburger that 53% of Miami's offense has been involved with either Cleveland Gary or Rob Chudzinski. Well, that was pretty much the game from that point on, too. So they're moving down the field with a passing attempt. Walsh drops back for a pass on this play. Now second down and nine. Irish with five. They come on the blitz, and it's intercepted. Jeff Ohm intercepts the ball. The Irish blitz forces Walsh to the short drop. Gunning for Cleveland, Gary. It's another pick to the aforementioned Jeff Alm, who Alexa mentioned earlier, yes. having a really good game. Fifth turnover for Miami with 5.06 left in the third quarter. Bad. Bad. <laughs> Not good. Steve Walsh was suboptimal, but he was still... <laughs> Steve really Walsh good. is really good, but he's also bad. <laughs> Steve Walsh is a land of <laughs> contrasts. <laughs> uh, so the Notre Dame drive begins... Tony Brooks is dead to rights, but then just carves right back up the middle to get to the 47-yard line. I think your note was, Tony Brooks a beast. <laughs> yes. Notre Dame is playing the 18-12 overture at this point for yeah. some reason. I'm not complaining, but a severe lack of cannon fire. Again, everything's going. They're using the option play. There's also some passes. Rice finds Derek Brown to get to the 27. Miami gets flagged for an offside, so it's first and tenth in the eleven yard line. Greg Marcus helped off the field around this point with a bum angle. Yeah. Mark plays a big role later on in the game, though. Nothing doing on offense, and here comes Reggie Ho for a twenty-seven yard field goal attempt. Thirty-seven seconds in the third period. Miami with tremendous kick blocking ability. And this one on the money. It's a 10-point Notre Dame lead. So with the field goal by Ho, it is now 31-21 Notre Dame with 37 seconds left to go in the third quarter. 65 yards in nine plays and 429 left on the clock. John Dock reappears. Dock informs us that Greg Mark is questionable with his ankle wrapped in ice. But as you hear, he'll appear again in a second. So we head to the third quarter. It is 31-21 for Miami. We come back to Musburger telling us Frank Leahy stories. Let's yes. remember some coaches. At this point, Alexa, I'm thinking, as someone who's... I've, I Obviously, I knew about the game, but I was yeah. watching this first time. I think, unless Miami really gets it going, I don't know if they're going to win this. Yes. But then the fourth quarter happens. The fourth quarter is out of control. So, like we said, the fourth quarter... Not much happens, but a lot happens, and it's everything happening. That's, that's the old Bob Cole quote. Everything is happening. Yes. Miami is driving. Again, it's all passing plays. Shadzinski, Brown, and Gary. Hayden goes at one point about Walsh. You don't need Terry Bradshaw's arm if you can throw on time. Sure. I guess. Pat Hayden speaking from experience, apparently. I don't think his arm was as powerful as no. Terry Bradshaw. No. Breaking. <laughs> So Miami has a chance to actually get a touchdown here. They f- goes in the end zone, incomplete to Brown the first play off his hands. He over Walsh overthrows Brown later, and then we have Carlos. I think it's Carlos Huerta. Huerta. Thank you. Yes. I always keep messing up how you Huerta. pronounce that name. Anyway, Huerta. he comes in for a field goal attempt from twenty three yards out. Brooks Sandifer, number twelve, backup quarterback, will put it down. Kick. Never a doubt about that one. And the lead is now seven. Miami now down 31-24, 13-07 left, 68 yards in nine plays, two minutes and 30 seconds. It's interesting to contrast with the offense. Got, yeah. man, obviously, it's a run heavy, so they're going to take up time. Miami is just boom, boom, boom. They're not quick strike like you see no. more now with air raid. But. But, but it's like 
the birth of air raid kind of stuff where... I mean, it's not Houston no, offense, which no, is... No, to be fair, it's <laughs> not Houston offense at all. But it's, again, definitely more pass-heavy than what we see now for certain schools. Notre Dame drive almost ends in tears on the kickoff. Rocket lets the ball through his legs, ends up diving on it at the 12-yard line. Otherwise, who knows what would have happened. Anyways, Musburger starts remembering some games... He remembers Miami-Boston College game he covered. Flutie has the yes. Hail Mary instead of Miami-Michigan for the first time. I thought that it was like, okay, that's fine. Then he starts remembering other games, which gets into interesting context. Rice throws a huge bomb that overthrows Rocket, but Musburger thinks a penalty should be called because he completely shells Bubba McDowell away after the ball gets overthrown, which is interesting. Uh, Lou Holtz, there's a mention of a story about Lou Holtz is using darts to help Tony Rice throw the football. That's interesting. And it apparently works pretty well. I gotta say, it does. Because on a third down play, right after Rice is almost sacked at the three, he finds Brown for a 19-yard pass on the far side to get to the 30. Rice scrambles to find Rocket and drive for a near first down. Mark is back in the game at this point for the ankle. He's chasing Rice all over. Then there's a box pitch attempt to Waters. Brooks gets it back when the ball's down to Notre Dame 29, and that basically ends the drive. Because otherwise, they, they score there. It's yeah. probably close to over. But. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not. But it's not. So Miami gets the ball to 46 with 10.28 to go. Walsh finds Conley for 11-yard first down. Hayden mentions the first time he's mentioned all game. Johnson is committed to go for two, but if it's early, he'll take the extra point. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. <laughs> All right. So, two plays in the drive. Notre Dame is called offside in the third and seven. That's of a third, two, and a 35. Walsh finds Brown, who sneaks out of bounds to the 14-yard line. A play later, as the drive's kind of going along, Brown, he looks for Brown in the back of the end zone. No dice of, like, pressuring him. Then on a the third down play, it's incomplete. Jimmy Johnson wants pass interference. Yeah. Jimmy, save your breath. Yes. You're going to need it for this play on 4th and 7 of the Notre Dame 11. 4th down. And everything. Miami puts it down. Notre Dame pounces on the loose ball. Walsh is quickly there. Was he called down? Notre Dame ball. They have fumbled at the one-yard line. Jimmy Johnson furious. Mike Stonebreaker has just recovered the biggest fumble of the season for the Fighting Irish. Jimmy doesn't believe it. He thought the receiver, Cleveland Gary, was down. Again, this is fourth and seven. There is no such thing as long yardage for this team. There's everything riding on this pass. The ball is caught there. He has possession. And the ball came loose before he went down. That's a good call by the official. And there's recovery there by Stonebreaker. You're going to see the ball come out of his hands. Whew, I don't know where to start with this. Walsh yes. of lots of time. Finds Gary. He stretches out trying to get the first TD. Ball is rules a fumble. Notre Dame recovers at the one. Hayden's like, oh, no. And must be like, oh, it's a fumble. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> They're still arguing about that play today. I was going to say, we're watching it on the 88th stream. And obviously in the 88th stream, as we got this, um, I, I can't tell what it is. is it's it an ambulance. It's an ambulance? Okay. If you can hear it in the background, there's a siren going by at this point. But anyway. Yeah. I mean, I'm watching the 88 version. And obviously, watch Abbott's Convicts version. There's a clearer. But yeah. I'm like, really? <laughs> That's a fumble? I don't know. The 88 version, it's like, even that is questionable. But they're like definitive. No. <laughs> no, it's fine. Anyway, Notre Dame Drive begins on a Miami one line. One yard line. Lou Holtz or Lexa run a play where they run a screen to Rocket Ismail in the end zone. I have a stroke. And it works. They get to the 10-yard line. There is a flag for holding. Jimmy Johnson is still shook on the sidelines. He is going No, up. Jimmy Johnson was mad for like five solid minutes. And was... Jimmy Johnson is mad for the fourth quarter. Yeah. Oh, that about sums it up. Yeah. Um, also, we have Musburger is just going off at this point. Unlike Bo Schembecker, Lou Holtz is not conservative. <laughs> Throwing shade at Bo Schembecker. And then... He goes to Hayden. Hey, remember that Sugar Bowl game against Alabama? I'm like, yes. Let's yes. remember a 1973 game. Oh, man. Brooks rushes at a 15, so they get some yards there. Rice is sacked by Maryland on third down. 
Miami gets the ball again with 3.52 to go. Jimmy Johnson is still going off. Yes. Chudzinski catches it first play, gets it about the 38-yard line, but he's hit out of bounds by Zorich. There's a flag. Ball's now at the 25-yard line. First and 10, 3.45 to go. And again, Walsh. Stams gets him from behind. The ball's on the ground. Notre Dame. Frank Stams does it again. Let's remember some defensive players we yes. talked about earlier, Alexan. Walsh is hit by Stams on a rush. Zorich gets it. Notre Dame ball again under 27-yard line with 3.37 to go. Yes. Musburger replies at one point, Walsh looks woozy. He did. <laughs> You'd be too if you got hit on, on that play. Notre Dame goal to timeout. There's a substituting offensive line with 3.01 to go. Drive really doesn't go much anywhere. There's a third and 17. Rice is sacked by Randy Shannon. There's a fumble. And Greg Mark, with his bum yes. leg, gets it. Miami drive will begin... On Notre Dame 15 with 2.10 to go. Fun fact from the broadcast at this point, Miami came into the game with 14 turnovers, 7 in this game alone. That's some yikes. <laughs> it, it is some steams. Anyways, so here we go. Miami drive begins, as mentioned, on the 15-yard line of Notre Dame with 2.10 to go. Conley rushes to the 11. Gary catches the stop at the 10. Third and 7 is incomplete over the middle to Gary. 51 seconds left. Miami calls their first time out here, yeah. setting up this 4th and 7 play. Aren't they something? Touchdown, Andre Brown. Now they'll go for two, I believe. Jimmy will use a timeout. It's 31-30 at 45 seconds. Walsh finds Brown in the end zone for a touchdown. I don't even know if he actually had control of the no, ball, though. It's it's all bobbly. Well, it either hits the ground first or he catches yeah. it, and then it's already rolling yeah. out of his hands. That would not be ruled a catch today, I don't think. Or it would be reviewed for 25 minutes. Same thing. Well, the Cleveland Gary yes. play would have been reviewed. There's a couple of stuff that would have been reviewed already. This game would have been seven hours. <laughs> so... We already talked about it. It's already been alluded to by Pat Hayden. Jimmy Johnson's not going for the tie here. Remember, back in the 88 season, still another eight more years, no overtime in college football. Yeah. So, he's going for the win. Brown and Dawkins to the right. Throws it in the corner of the end zone. Terrell bats it away from Connolly. 31-30 is the score now after that play. Musburger goes, there are no losers in this one. Your hat goes off to Mr. Jimmy Johnson. He's not playing for a tie. He went out with guns blazing on a dusty street in South Bend, Indiana. Yes. No hyperbole from Brett Musburger in this game at all. No. I mean, I don't know if Walsh really had anything on that play, though, because yeah. I think Hayden mentioned said he was expecting man-to-man. They played zone or yeah. something like that. Yeah, he does mention that they played zone. And... You can see it's not going to work, but... You got to go for it. But you got a PI or yeah. something. Anyway, Hayden also mentions a good fact. He brings up the Miami-Florida State game from here earlier, where Florida State lost in a two-point conversion. Miami goes on to win a national championship. Florida State quarterback, Danny McManus. Danny McManus, yes. Onside kick. It was almost rushed in the first time for the refs to let it go. But did you note who's on the field for the onside kick? Tony Rice! <laughs> I have that note. I'm like... That was like, what the, in the wide, wide world of sports? Is Why would you, so you're, I mean, you're going to kneel, I guess, yeah. if you get it. If he gets hurt, you put in Graham, I guess, yeah. but still. Why would you put in Tony Rice with that much little time left? Put on Rocket the, out there. Yeah. Anyway, Anthony Johnson pounces on it. It takes a funny bounce, actually, but he kind of, I don't know if it would have been enough yards for it to count, but he basically is just leaping for it and then just pounces on it. Notre Dame gets the ball at the Miami 44, 42 seconds left. Miami takes time out in the first kneel down attempt. The 18-12 overture is going on. The crowd is chanting, na, 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 hey, 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 goodbye. Jimmy Johnson remains triggered. Yes, he's been. Basically from the five-minute mark on. One knee and that's it. 
Musburger says it's the biggest upset for Notre Dame since he ended Oklahoma's win streak in the 50s. Again, yeah. minor hyperbole. As we kind of mentioned earlier, the first regular season loss for Miami since September 7th, 1985 against the Florida Gators. So definitely it's been a while. All hell is breaking loose. John Dockery finds Lou Holtz for a post-game interview. Lou, biggest upset in 30 years, biggest upset of your career. Well, I, I don't look on it that way. This was won by the Notre Dame Spirit. This game was won by the Notre Dame Spirit. You owe it to the student body, to everybody has been here in Notre Dame. It's the spirit that did it. But you did it also. You were able to run the ball against them and get to Walsh. How? Hey, hey, our players deserve a lot of credit, but it's the spirit of Notre Dame. And I, I, that's what we sold our players on. That's what it was. We certainly did believe. Congratulations, Congratulations. The best part of that interview is when he yells at the crowd, Shut up! <laughs> and he, he then thanks the crowd. <laughs> okay. Shut up, I love you. <laughs> Outstanding scenes. 31-30 to final. We have some stats. We'll give him Notre Dame. Rice finished up. I don't have Rice's rushing stats in front because of the leaders. Rice went 8 for 16 for 195 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. I think that was close to or his highest passing total at yeah. that point. Tony Brooks. Beast. A beast. 56 yards rushing on 13 carries. Rocket Ismail with four catches for 96 yards. As a sophomore. <laughs> and then he only gets more dangerous from yeah. here. <laughs> But as you're watching the game, I'm like, especially that kid. No, he was a freshman. <laughs> to quote um, Lindsey Nelson. Uh, I think it's Lindsey. No, maybe it's not Lindsey Nelson. Uh, the Georgia announcer for Hirsch Walker. My God, a freshman. <laughs> anyway, um, I was going to say with Rocket, I wasn't, like, I knew, obviously, he gets really good later on. But, like, the punt return or the kickoff return yeah. in the second, start of the second half, it's like, okay. <laughs> and he's... He gets a lot of shout-outs throughout the game, too. Mm-hmm. Larry Munson is who I was thinking of, by the way, not Lindsey Nelson for the uh, old-school Georgia football announcer. Anyway, on uh, Miami stats, Walsh, 31-50 for 400. Yes, Rocket was a freshman. Thank you. I Thir- thought he was a soft. For some well, time. you never know. At that point, you have the weird red yeah. shirts. Guys yeah. don't play their freshman year kind of yeah. deal, depending on the school. Walsh ends up 31-50 for 424 yards, four touchdowns, and three interceptions. Yes. Cleveland Gary was top receiver and running back. Only 28 yards rushing on 12 carries. 11 catches for 130 yards and a touchdown. Brown with 8 catches for 125 yards and 1 touchdown. So I looked at the Heisman voting at the end of the season. I thought, okay, maybe he's a Notre Dame guy because obviously you run a table, you're a national champion team, you get there. No, only one guy from this game made a top 10 in voting. Steve Walsh, who was fourth. It went Barry Sanders at 1, Rodney Pete 2, Troy Aikman at 3, Steve Walsh 4, Major Harris at 5. Let's remember some bust, Tony Mandarich at 6. Timmy Rosenbach was at 7, Deion Sanders 8, Anthony Thompson at 9, Derek Thomas at 10. So, there's a ton of future Hall of Famers in that list, which is a ton of Hall of Famers and Tony Mandridge. (laughs) I mean, Tony Mandridge is a Hall of Famer in a certain sense, if you think about it. All right, so, as we mentioned, we didn't go over all the games on here, because if we did, (laughs) this would be a 12-hour show. So I'll kind of rapid fire through this. Michael will probably wave at me if he wants to make a point anywhere yes. along the way. All right. So this is an alphabetical order. All the games took place October 15th. Air Force 56, Utah 49. Air, Air Raid. Raid. Alabama 28, Tennessee 20. I think Tennessee was 0-6 now yeah. because of that. Bad. And he thought Tennessee's worst time for this current iteration. Yeah. Arizona 45, Washington State 28. Number 17, Arkansas, 27-24 on the road against Texas. Yes. Army, 24. Roll Lafayette, yes. <laughs> 17. Auburn, number 12-42. Poor one out for my Maction. Yes. He lost 42 nothing to Akron. BYU, 31. TCU, 18. More Maction content. Central Michigan, 21. Bowling Green State. Bowling Green State. State. Three. Number 11, Clemson, a 49-17 win over Duke. Edith Heilman. I yes. hope you're listening. Colorado, 21-9 road win over Kansas. Eastern Michigan, 16-12 road win over Ball State. Florida State, 45-21 over East Carolina. They're number five at the time. Florida State, that is, not East Carolina. Yes. If East Carolina... My goodness. <laughs> it was a different time. East Carolina was ranked. <laughs> Fresno State, 51-10 over Utah State. My goodness. Did we talk about this game already? Georgia Tech, 34-0 over eighth-ranked South Carolina. Yes. With Bobby Ross as coach and... The legendary Joe Morrison as the 
South Carolina coach. Hawaii 32-30 on the road against San Diego State. Houston 82. Ain't Tulsa 28. Hey, good for Tulsa. <laughs> <laughs> Illinois 34 over Wisconsin on the road. We only had six points. I heard some guy you get from <laughs> as a defensive coordinator that's available yes. to be your coach. Uh, number 18, Indiana. 33-13 over Minnesota. Iowa State 21-3 on the road over three. Or over Missouri on the road, 21-3. I can't speak anymore. Yeah. Kent State, 45-28 over at Western Michigan. Let's remember some programs time. Long Beach State, 24. Cal State, Fullerton, 22. I have to look up if that was the year that George Allen was the coach of Long Beach State. George Allen coached Long Beach State? Yes. I'll let you look that up. Allow me to look that up. All right. And guess who replaced him after he passed away? Willie Brown. <laughs> Let's remember some guys. Uh, Louis Lafayette, then known, well, on here it's Louisiana. <clears throat> Excuse me, 45 nothing over Northern Illinois. LSU, number 19, narrowly escapes with a 15-12 win at home over Kentucky. Louisville, 30-28 over Virginia. Roll Tide, number 15, Michigan, ties Iowa, 17-17. As I grab a drink here, Michigan State, 36-3 over Northwestern. Ole Miss, 25-22 over Arkansas State. We talked about this game a little bit earlier. Nebraska, number 7, 63. Number 10, Oklahoma State, 42. But it was like 42-0 after yeah. like five offensive drives, I think, or something like that. UNLV, 28-20 over New Mexico State. NC State, 48. It was 1990 that he took over. Ah, so we're a little bit early. Yeah, a little bit early. And then he passed away, and then Willie Brown took over. 48-3, North Carolina State over North Carolina on, on the road. NC State, I think, was 5-1 for the first time since 79 or something yes. like that. But there's a lot of, like, abstract teams in the top 20 because I have my one note says Indiana's ranked and Wyoming's ranked. <laughs> and Alabama's not. And Alabama's not. And Ohio State's not. Yeah, so we're going to get to them in a little bit here. Uh, big action game. Ohio 38, Miami of Ohio 21. This is before our man... Frank Solich. Frank Solich. Oh, Solich was... Pro- was Solich in Nebraska? Yes. Solich, Solich was on See? staff. <laughs> Tom Osborne gets a credit? Nah, man. No. Frank, Frank Solich. Frank Solich's offense. Uh, Oklahoma only Kansas State, 70-24. to <laughs> My goodness. Uh, Oklahoma ranked 9. I'm trying to think if Snyder was there yet or not. It's close to around that time. I think he's like... 8990 or something. Well, Stan Parrish was the coach that yeah. year. Ah, yes. And Snyder comes in the following season. I'm looking up now who Long Beach State's coach was because I can do that here on College Football Reference. Long Beach State's coach, 1988. I'm going to butcher this. Larry Reisbig? Never even heard of him. <laughs> That's a ringing endorsement. Yeah. Uh, he coached from, he went 4 and 7, 3 and 9, and 4 and 8 in his three years there. Congratulations. Oregon 52 7 over Idaho State. Pitt 42-7 over Temple. Unranked Ohio State loses at home to Purdue, 31-26. Yes. Big win for Rutgers, 17-6 over Boston College on the road. San Jose State, 35. Let's remember some programs. Pacific, 17. My boys, the USC Trojans, nearly escaped with a 28-27 home win over Washington. Battle of two ranked teams, 3-16. Southern Miss, 38. Mississippi State, 21. Stanford, 24. Arizona State, 3. Syracuse, number 24, on a road win over Penn State, who only had 10 points in that one. Again, another team on rank, Penn State. Texas A&M, 28-14 over Baylor. Texas Tech, 38-36 on the road against Rice. UTEP, 34-14 over Colorado State. Toledo, 38 over Austin P. (laughs) 38-14, a final there. Number two, UCLA, with a 38-21 road win over Cal. We mentioned Florida already. They lost 24-9 to Vanderbilt. Rip. Maybe from the wiki is triggered. Yes. Uh, Virginia Tech, a 41-14 road win over Cincy. Woke Forest, 27-24 over Maryland on the road. And National Powers, number 14 Wyoming, saving the best for last year, 55-7 over New Mexico. Just a slaughter. <laughs> so that is your scores at that point. By the way, only change in the rankings from that week. Florida obviously drops out. Yeah. Syracuse ends up going in. All right. So what ended up happening to both programs after this game? Quite a lot. A little, a little bit of stuff. Alexa will probably chime in here as well. Notre Dame ends up going 12-0, winning their 11th national title, their, own, their most recent national title as of recording, and their first since 1977. Notre Dame only moved up to number two for beating Miami. Yeah. Sure. 
UCLA is still number one at this point. Notre Dame then gets wins over Air Force and Navy, 41-13 and 22-7. They move up to number one after that game because UCLA lost 34-30 to Washington State. Yes. They then beat Rice 54-11 only. Penn State 21-3. A number of showdown of one versus two against at, at number two USC. They win 27-10. No Waters or Brooks in that game as well. They both were suspended for disciplinary reasons. Hmm. And then they win the Fiesta Bowl 31-21 over number three West Virginia. 1989, we'll get this now before we get to the Miami stuff to kind of intertwine here. So in 89, they begin the season number two behind Michigan. Michigan's off the first week. Virginia loses to Notre Dame. That puts them up to number one before the Michigan yeah. game. Who's, who are we to judge? It's a pretty strong start for Notre Dame. They beat Michigan on the road. They then beat Michigan State, Purdue, Stanford, Air Force, USC, Pitt, Navy, SMU, and Penn State before playing Miami in the rematch in Miami at the Orange Bowl. 23 straight wins going into that game. Miami going into Miami now. They ended up second in the country in 1988-11-1. They dropped to fourth, then picked up wins over Cincinnati, 57-3. Congratulations, Cincinnati. Yes. You get to play them after Notre Dame. At ECU, 31-7. That moves up to three. They beat Tulsa, 34-3. They beat number 11 LSU, only 44-3 on the road. They edge Arkansas 18-16, moves up number two, beat BYU, and then over in the Orange Bowl over Nebraska. Jimmy Johnson leaves at year's end to coach Dallas. Steve Walsh leaves at the year at the year end of the year to become a supplemental draft pick by Dallas. By the way, Tony Rice is still yeah. at Notre Dame. Dennis Erickson takes over with his new quarterback. Craig Erickson. <laughs> I had to think for a second. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like, oh yeah, double Ericsons. They start six and oh, then lose. 24 to 20, or 24 to 10 to Florida State, who, and that drops them down to number seven after they uh, were number two at the time for Miami. They then beat Notre Dame 27 10 in the regular season finale, and then beat Alabama in the Sugar Bowl 33 25 to win a national title. So in their last three polls, 7 2 1. And they can thank Notre Dame for winning the national title because Notre Dame beat number one Colorado in the Orange Bowl that year 21 to 6, and then Michigan, who was number three at the time, lost to number 12 USC in the Rose Bowl 17-10. Lou Holtz remained a head coach in Notre Dame until 1996 and had a few chances at the national title. Alexson will probably remember some games here if you want to chime in at any point. 1990, lost to Stanford, Penn State, and the Orange Bowl to Colorado. Roll <laughs> rocket yes. negated. 1991, lost at Michigan, Tennessee, home to Tennessee, and at Penn State. 1992, they had a tie to Michigan, lost to Stanford. Then, of course, 93, their last real chance in their holds. Win the game of the century over Florida State. Next week, they play Boston College. Lose. <laughs> Congratulations. They go 6-5-1 in 1994, so quite a contrast in the other years in their holds in the last little bit. Losses to Michigan, Boston College, BYU, Florida State, tie USC, and then the Fiesta Bowl to Colorado. They go 9-3 in 1995, lose the opener to Northwestern. Yes, which is actually the start of the Northwestern Renaissance. Mm-hmm. At Ohio State, and then they lose the Orange Bowl to Florida State. Then in 1996, they go 8-3, losing to Ohio State, Air Force, and at USC in overtime, which ended a 13-year unbeaten run, or 13-game unbeaten run against the Trojans. Notre Dame was to have gone to the Independence Bowl to play Auburn, but they decided not to go to a bowl game that year because it was beneath them to go to the Independence yes. Bowl, apparently, right. how times have changed. Lou Holtz retires, though he comes back in 1999 to South Carolina, replaced by Bob Davey. Yes. All right, Alexan, we already talked about this in the intro, but the dumbest question known to man. Is this game worth watching? God damn it, yes. <laughs> um, I agree. It reminds me in a lot of ways of the USC Notre Dame game from 2005. I feel like the USC Notre Dame game has a... I mean, I'm biased. It's yes. The USC team that wins is my favorite game ever. That game has a baller finish. Yes. I like my chaos and corruption. It compares with kick six... Boise, Oklahoma State. Boise, Oklahoma Michigan, State. App State. Yeah. Mi Michigan, App State's a different breed, but those kind of games. Like, mm. And I mean, uh, again... Kick six, pick six. <laughs> yeah. I think when you look back at this game, too, it's, it's pretty interesting to see just... It's not like now where every... It's a lot of pass-heavy offenses. Yeah. Here you got two totally different offenses going at one another, which makes it pretty fun, I think. And... Tony Rice is really fun. Mm -hmm. I like watching it again. It's like, man, that was he was a fun player. Cause and that was like, cause the second, like in '89, he's a starter again. I think he's like fourth in the Heisman yeah. voting that year. Yeah. So, 
I think they mentioned like they, I watched a little bit of the '89 game. Just well, why not? Well, because it kind of came up next on the YouTube. Yeah, and the answer is like Rice has become a really good player. I'm like, oh, did you watch the last game? <laughs> uh, good stuff all around, but yeah, definitely worth watching and and out. watch the version Catholics versus convicts on YouTube. It's it's titled it's that's the one to watch because you get the commercials. There's a, a few little breaks in it, but it's really the like higher quality compared to the hour and forty five minute version. Mm-hmm. Which omits halftime, so you can't go you can't, and do stuff. You can't see and you can't Tim see Brown. Vinny and t- At one point, Vinny's talking about uh, the score running up, and Tim Brown's like, come on, man! Yeah. <laughs> uh, good stuff all around. Anyway, Musburger's going to take us out. Michael, thanks for coming yes. out here once again. Uh, this podcast is now on iTunes, by the way. Oh, so good. you can uh, download it off there directly to shows anchor.fm. Slash Lucas hyphen Bunkari, and then on Twitter at Alpunkari is the best place to check it out. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk again soon. Again, our final score and a great one: Notre Dame 31, Miami 30. Next week, more exciting college football action. Come along now to Birmingham, Alabama. Watch the Nittany Lions of Penn State. They've got a big one ahead against Notre Dame, but first it's Alabama.